The hour cometh and now is when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. O Lord, open thou our lips, and our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 95 on page 459. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth, and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works, forty years long was I grieved with this generation, and said, It is the people that do err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways, unto whom I swear my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalm 18, verses 1 through 20, on page 359. I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my stony rock and my defense. My Savior, my God, and my might, in whom I will trust, my buckler, the horn also of my salvation, and my refuge. I will call upon the Lord, which is worthy to be praised. So shall I be safe from mine enemies. The sorrows of death come past me, and, I, and the overflowings of ungodliness made me afraid. The pains of hell came about me, the snares of death overtook me. In my trouble I called upon the Lord and complained unto my God. So he heard my voice out of his holy temple, and my complaint came before him. It entered even into his ears. The earth trembled and quaked. The very foundations also of the hills shook and were removed, because he was wroth. There went a smoke out in his presence, and a consuming fire out of his mouth, so that coals were kindled at it. He bowed the heavens also, and came down, and it was dark under his feet. He rode upon the cherubim and did fly. He came flying upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness his secret place, his pavilion round about him with dark water, and thick clouds to cover him. At the brightness of his presence his clouds removed, hailstones and coals of fire. The Lord also thundered out of heaven, and the highest gave his thunder, hailstones and coals of fire. He sent out his arrows and scattered them. He cast forth lightnings and destroyed them. The springs of water were seen, and the foundations of the round world were discovered. At thy chiding, O Lord, at the blasting of the breath of thy displeasure. He sent down from on high to fetch me, and took me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strongest enemy, and from them which hate me, for they were too mighty for me. 
They came upon me in the day of my trouble, but the Lord was my upholder. He brought me forth also into a place of liberty. He brought me forth even because he had a favor unto me. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the fifteenth chapter of the book of Genesis. After these things the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless? And the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. Then Abram said, Look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, Look now toward heaven, and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. And he believed in the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. And he said to him, I am the Lord, who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans, to give you this land, and to inherit it. And he said, Lord God, how shall I know that I will inherit it? So he said to him, Bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. Then he brought all these to him, and cut them in two, down the middle, and placed each piece opposite the other. But he did not cut the birds in two. And when the vultures came down on the carcasses, Abram drove them away. Now when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and behold, horror and great darkness fell on him. Then he said to Abram, Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs and will serve them, and they will afflict them four hundred years, and also the nation whom they serve I will judge. Afterward they shall come out with great possessions. Now as for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried at a good old age. But in the fourth generation they shall return here, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. And it came to pass when the sun went down and it was dark, that, behold, there appeared a smoking oven and a burning torch that passed between those pieces. On the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, To your descendants I have given this land, from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates, the Kenites, the Kenazites, the Cadmonites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Rephaim, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Girgashites, and the Jebusites. He rendered the first lesson. Blessed art thou, Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, Praise and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou on the glorious throne of thy kingdom. Praise and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou on the firmament of heaven. Praise and exalted above all forever. 
Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the 38th verse of the ninth chapter of the Gospel according to St. Mark. Now John answered him, saying, Teacher, we saw someone who does not follow us casting out demons in your name, and we forbade him because he does not follow us. But Jesus said, Do not forbid him, for no one who works a miracle in my name can soon afterwards speak evil of me. For he who is not against us is on our side. For whoever gives you a cup of water to drink in my name, because you belong to Christ, assuredly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. <clears throat> but whoever causes one of these little ones who believes in me to stumble, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life maimed, rather than having two hands, to go into hell, into the fire that shall never be quenched, where their worm does not die, and the fire is not quenched. And if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life lame, rather than having two feet, to be cast into hell, into the fire that shall never be quenched, where their worm does not die, and the fire is not quenched. <clears throat> and if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye, rather than having two eyes, to be cast into the fire, where their worm does not die, and the fire is not quenched. For everyone will be seasoned with fire and every sacrifice will be seasoned with salt. Salt is good, but if the salt loses its flavor, how will you season it? Have salt in yourselves, and have peace with one another. Here endeth the second lesson. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers, and to remember his holy covenant, to perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham that he would give us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him, all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people, for the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high has visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. 
he descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O Lord, who has taught us that all our doings without charity are nothing worth, send thy Holy Ghost and pour into our hearts that most excellent gift of charity, the very bond of peace and of all virtues, without which whosoever liveth is counted dead before thee. Grant this for thine only Son, Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us thy humble servants in all assaults of our enemies that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall to no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Morning to all. We come to a, a fairly significant chapter in Genesis this morning. Uh, two things, uh, well, a number of things maybe, but two things in particular stand out. Um, one is uh, this is the first time that the uh, the Bible talks about um, the word of the Lord coming to Abraham. So far, you know, it just said God God said to him, "Leave your country, go and." Um, two times in, in 15, it says, the, and the word of the Lord came to him, which is formal prophetic language indicating that this, that, that, that God, that, you know, sort of, it's a language used when, when God speaks to someone who we think of as a prophet. And in later on in, in Genesis chapter 20, verse 7, Abraham will be referred to as a prophet when the king takes Sarah and, and, the, and then the king's warned, hey, this, this man's a prophet. So it, it also um, so it's a formal revelation of God's plan and word to Abraham in a unique way that we have it before. We just had, hey, go here, go there. So Abraham kind of th that highlights this chapter, the beginning of Abraham receiving a prophetic word. The other uh, uh, notable thing is that this verse, Abraham believed, you know, that he didn't, you know, my descendant is going to be, and I don't have any children. And God says, well, look at the stars. And incidentally, when he, when he, when Abraham or God tells Abraham, look at the stars, 
you have to envision looking at the stars out in an area where you can see the stars. If you go to an area that doesn't have light pollution and you look up and you go, oh, wow, yeah, look at the stars. If we looked out here and look at the stars, so your descendants be, you might think, well, I'll have like 10 descendants because we can't see that many stars. But anyway, um, Abraham has no children and God calls him to believe in the fact that his uh, descendants will be as numerous as the stars you can see in a, in a, in a darker sky area. Um, and he believes in the Lord has counted him for righteousness. And this verse is quoted in three places directly in the New Testament. Um, it's quoted uh, two pl places in Romans 4.3 and Galatians 3.6 by St. Paul to indicate a kind of foundation for the, the idea of justification by faith. And St. Paul's logic is that um, it's here that Abraham is said to believe in the Lord, to trust him, and to be counted righteous. And yet, now in Genesis 15, 6, we've not yet had the institution of circumcision or any covenant stipulations. This is way before the law is given to Moses on Mount Sinai. So St. Paul uses this as evidence that the righteous, righteousness of God comes by faith, by believing in the promises of God. It's a, a rejoinder to an excessive focus on that is offered by James, the third person who, who quotes this verse, um, where he says, um, wasn't Abraham uh, justified by works when he offered Isaac? We're going to come to the sacrifice of Isaac a little bit later here in Genesis. And James says his, his works were bearing witness to his faith, and therefore Abraham believed God and was counted him for righteousness. So James wants to emphasize that the continual faithfulness to the word of God is a necessary characteristic of faith. Faith is acted out. So Abraham both believed, had the moment of trust, but also carried through on that belief and faithful action by the willingness to sacrifice Isaac, who, in, in of course, in, in the light of the promise, epitomized the fulfillment of the promise. Your descendants will be so numerous, and okay, finally you get a son, now go sacrifice your son. So, God, so Abraham's called his faith to be obedient and that's an important connection uh, for us. Um, the other point about cutting all these animals in two and walking between them, this seems to be an ancient Near East, a fairly common thing in ancient cultures. And it, re it refers to, it, it kind of originates some of the language of the Bible that refers to literally in the Hebrew of cutting a covenant. And the idea is that cutting the animals in two and walking between them binds the two parties to the covenant, to the fate of the animals if either does not follow through. And so this is significant because God binds himself by his word and God will do what he's going, he says he'll do. Um, Abraham believed and, and so in, in a certain way, um, the one who will fulfill the covenant stipulations here will be the one who will believe like Abraham we'll see Israel as unfaithful ultimately in her covenant fulfillment, but Christ, the ultimate dis descendant, the, the seed of Abraham who inherits the covenant promises, because he is ultimately the person of faith who believes God and follows through on his faithfulness unto death and therefore receives the inheritance promised to Abraham. And we can um, 
connect this with the New Testament lesson today in these kind of uh, hyperbolic words, if your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it away. Jesus was not saying, advising us that if we happen to walk down the street today and have a wandering eye and, and something, look at something or think something bad, that we should go home and take a knife to our eye or, or a saw to our arm if we grab something. He's saying it's hyperbole to, to say that um, we should, so important is our life of faith that we should be willing to violently remove from it or aggressively remove from it anything that, that will hinder us from moving forward in faith. And this is how maybe we can connect the, these two parts of Abraham being justified by faith and Abraham being justified by um, offering Isaac. In our lives, we believe in, in Christ, but we have to be willing to make those sacrifices to do those sacrificial things, those hard things that are necessary to the life of faith. And this is um, you know, a good introduction to Lent, which begins in, in two days, and we're thinking about what we're gonna do for Lent. It's a good time to think about what is it in my life that offends, that gets in the way that I need to remove. And Lent is then a time to work on removing that by prayer, by prayer and fasting, removing things, you know, sometimes things have a grip on. This is not just so, I'll just stop doing it. We get into that spiritual struggle of trying hard to do something that we have trouble doing. Um, the spiritual discipline of fasting, saying no to things, and asking God, praying in the space of that which we're not doing, asking God to come in and give us new strength to conquer our addictions, connections, compulsions, and, and gain new strength to be stronger against them. That's the discipline of Lent. And if we practice this discipline of saying no and inviting Christ into our lives in, in new ways, it develops new strength. And um, as sort of a, a, a connection to this, the Psalm today, Psalm 18, is um, it's really a fabulous description of prayer that, that, that the psalmist is overwhelmed. He says, I cried to God and, and he heard my voice. And all of Psalm 18 is like this, this visual description of the armies of God rising up in response to the psalmist's prayer to come and conquer his enemies. And if we think about our prayer and God's faithfulness, God who walked between the animals in terms of faithfulness to the covenant, that God does hear our prayer, sometimes the time horizon of, of answered prayer is longer than we like. And so we have to remember that we have to persevere in our prayer. As we persevere in our prayer and trust in God and Christ, Christ fights for us. And this dynamic of Psalm 18 applies to us as it, as, as the Lord defends the Messiah, he defi defends us in Christ. And so Lent is a season of extended prayer, long enough to um, call for perseverance, long enough to make fasting difficult, but also long enough to make persevering prayer fruitful in significant ways to, to detach us from things and to gain new strength and to grow in our faith, both in trust in God and also in the actions which show that faith in, in our lives. So a few thoughts about today's lessons. O oh God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men, that thou wouldest be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. More especially we pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, 
that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth and hold the faith in unity of spirit in the bond of peace and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are any ways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or estate. that it may please thee to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. This we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, thine unworthy servants, do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise not only with our lips but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be honor and glory, world without end. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you all for joining us in prayer this morning. Hope you have a great Monday and great start to your week. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye, everyone. Thank you so much. Everybody. Bye-bye. Bye, kiddos. See ya. Bye-bye.